0: The gig part. I
1: wouldn't even look at them I wouldn't, I wouldn't even prepare mm. to play against them because you do know what you don't know what you're going to get <laughs> we could beat them 6-0 or we could lose 6-0
0: Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now Football on Off The Ball
1: With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports Such an interesting time in English football in that Chelsea is sold for very specific reasons, but sold nonetheless. And then the two biggest clubs in English football, two of the biggest uh, clubs in world football, are put up for sale within 100 days of each other. The Liverpool sale is promptly withdrawn. The Manchester United sale is not creating perhaps the frenzy that the Glazers might have hoped. Matt Slater of The Athletic often covers these uh, business of uh, football stories and along with several colleagues has written about Ma- the Manchester United takeover uh, stage two in The Athletic. Stage two makes it sound very ominous, I have to say, Matt, but we're at stage two <laughs> nonetheless. Uh, it's a behind the scenes uh, feel for what's going on. Could you just address the broader point I made for a moment? The Chelsea sale is very specific. I guess the Newcastle sale should be lumped into this uh, broader story at the moment. And then we have the Liverpool, we're for sale now, we're not for sale, and the Glazer situation as well. Uh, why, I wonder, did Hen- Henry and the Glazers, uh, who I presume know their business, why do they think to themselves now is the time? That's a really good question. In fact, I'd almost
0: uh, throw a few more in the mix because there was a real sense of turnover turnover of ownership in the Premier League. Uh, Burnley, of course, they got relegated, but they got bought at quite a high valuation. Southampton, uh, West Ham, uh, Daniel Kratinski, a big Czech billionaire billionaire bought into West Ham at a really high valuation. Then, of course, Newcastle. uh, And then the big one, Chelsea. Um, And there was a smaller one at Wolves as well, so that was a a minority share. So there was an awful lot of interest, an awful lot of M&A, merger and acquisition activity in the Premier League um and there was this sense that uh new ways of valuing franchises were sort of happening all the time that uh north american sports if you like the kind of gold standard in terms of sports investments because they don't have relegation they share their revenues big market um they share talent so everyone almost gets to go to be good gets to go at being good um and by and large, they they're profitable. Not all of them, but they're profitable. Certainly the NFL is very profitable. And there was this sort of sense: okay, well, look, you know, football is a global game, bigger market, bigger, more eyeballs, we can do it better. Um, the TV deals or international TV deals are really good. Um you know, the, the wind was blowing in the Premier League's direction. Chelsea went at a revenue multiple. Now, now that is how sports franchises tend to be valued. Of about five or six times, so five or six times its annual revenue, two and a half billion, and that is sort of what National Hockey League (MLS) teams, smaller NBA teams, go for. So it was a big bump because normally European football teams are going for one and a half, two times their revenue. So it was like, oh, right, new paradigm here. Suddenly, people are seeing our biggest clubs in the same way they view a big baseball team or, or you know an NFL team. And I think that got a lot of particularly American owners of um, of English, European football teams quite excited. It was like, I told you, you know, we've been over here 10, 15 years. It's happening, right? Brilliant. They're starting to value our assets in the same way we value our assets at home. Great, maybe it's time to check out. Mm. Um, and I think also think about Chelsea as well is that I think people got maybe a little bit carried away because it was definitely for sale. It was a very unusual big six, definitely for sale with a deadline. So I think that kind of created uh real competitive tension in the auction, which is what you want. So Liverpool, Fenway Sports Group, look at that. The Glazers, Manchester United, look at that. And they think, Do you know what? Maybe it's time to put, you know, it's a bit like kind of putting your house on your market when you sort of see this, the neighbors down the road get a really good price. You're thinking, oh, I wonder what we're worth. Uh, and then I think there's some other factors as well they're perhaps a little bit disappointed by Project Big Picture both of them were involved in that and also the European Super League maybe wondering if well the last big international rights deal maybe that's maybe that's going to be the last big leap for a while domestic rights flat so I think there were a few things going on right long story short that was last year things have changed well actually it was the year before wasn't it It we've just gone over into 2023 Um, the global economy isn't so good Interest rates are going up, particularly in the States. They've leapt up, so we've got a decade of almost free money. Uh, Now the money costs something if you're going to borrow money. Um, Just sort of like market sentiment as well. Um, And I think also a sense that maybe Bowley and Clearlake overpaid for Chelsea. And maybe we shouldn't be valuing. Premier League football teams at five or six times their, their revenue. So, look, that is that is a very sort of uh, long answer. But that was what was going on when everyone was very excited about
1: buying and selling Premier League teams.
0: I think things have changed.
1: OK, interesting. I'm just, uh, by the way, if anyone's uh, watching us as well as listening, I wasn't ignoring you. I was looking at the screen because Bayern Munich scored a goal, which was then uh, courtesy of VAR ruled offside. So still no law in that game. So just one quick last um, short question and all that. Uh, Todd Bowley, I would also presume, knows his business. How did he overvalue and, you know, things have changed uh, so quickly in the world? Or or was that part of the frenzy that you, you mentioned, which was around Chelsea?
0: Well... He would say he hasn't overpaid. In yeah. fact, they're running around telling people they've underpaid. They think they got an absolute steal there. Right. And in ten years' time, Chelsea are going to be earning a billion. Right. They're earning about four hundred and fifty, four hundred, maybe 500 million now. They're going to double that. Yeah. And everyone's going to be begging, "Oh my God, what a, what a genius decision that was to buy Chelsea, particularly when they build that new stadium and, you know, bloody blah, bloody blah, 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 blah. We're all we're all streaming direct, and they can start." really monetizing their global fan base. So, uh, and also, you know, he'll probably think as well that under Abramovich, they perhaps weren't working as hard commercially as they needed to, you know, because, you know, Abramovich was always good for it. So they think there's considerable upside at Chelsea. Okay, What I can tell you is the rest of the market, including uh, many Americans, disagree. I think they just plain overpaid.
1: Okay, very interesting. So... Manchester United, in your piece, they're at stage two. Stage two involves uh, face-to-face talks with uh, Rain, the same bank which handled the sale of Chelsea, interestingly. They're obviously the place to go. And so face to face talks, really, it seems we have two bidders. Everybody's pretty familiar with the two mm-hmm. bidders. Uh, you say in your piece that what's happening at these meetings is the books are being opened. You can see what we're paying players. You can look at all our commercial deals, the cost of running the stadium, future TV earnings. You name it. It's a, it's a full disclosure. Um, what's actually happening is, I suppose, the, <laughs> <laughs> the interesting yeah. question. What's going on yeah. here? Because you're right, because that stuff is actually really
0: boring. And um, you're going to hear and and read a lot about things like data rooms and deep dives and due diligence and this idea of, you know, kind of going through every contract and having face-to-face meetings actually with members of staff at Man United, so really understand the business. It sounds great, doesn't it? Yeah. This is just so basic, you know, for buying and selling big companies. Um, and you could probably do this. You could, you know, because they've all got amazing teams. They could wrap, wrap this up in a, in a in a week or so if they really wanted to. Certainly the Qataris, because they're kind of cash buyers. So, um, and don't forget, Man United are a publicly listed company. The New- they float on the New York stock exchange, so they actually file really good, deep quarterly accounts. So, they uh, most of these people have got a pretty good sense of uh, how much money. United are turning over mm. and how much they're spending so this is all a great big smoke screen this is a great big pause and a delay whilst rain who don't forget have told the Glazers they're going to get 10x so 10 times revenue just like an NFL team mm. and they're looking at these bids that are coming in at 6x so not the great big premium on chelsea because they're man united we're the biggest if chelsea got that we've got to get even more right because we're man united and they're looking uh, at the bids that are in you've got a qatari bid who is clearly bid the most and is bidding with cash why would the qatari, why would they bid against themselves who who does that they don't yeah. have to budge yeah they've got Radcliffe, who is notoriously a value guy who has pretty much done this for a living for 20 well, for 30 40 years it's how he built ineos Um, His whole MO is around being the last bidder. When the others fall away, I'm the last one standing. So they've got two quite canny bidders who don't appear to be willing to start kind of getting into a ding-dong battle. Not yet. So Rain have got to find a third bidder, fourth bidder, whatever. He's certainly got to find a third bidder to breathe some life into it. And that is what's been going on. Okay. And is there any sign of a third bidder? Lots of rumours. There's been rumors from the beginning, Saudis, Singaporean group, maybe, a, maybe one of the losers from Chelsea. I think that was a, that was a pretty safe assumption, that one, actually, that, that it just hasn't happened. Or there'd be a regrouping of, of various US entrepreneurs who do want to buy into the Premier League. They've shown they want to buy into the Premier League and they haven't been able to do it yet. Maybe they get together pretty much in the same way that we saw at Chelsea. It just hasn't happened. Mm. So I think what's happening at the moment is that Rain are desperate to sort of keep a third chair open. Now, they would have had, I think, some interest from guys like, um, if anyone's getting a, a posse together, can you let them know that maybe I'm good for $100 million, $200 million? You know, if, they want to, if anyone wants to build a syndicate, I'm over here. I think there's a little bit of that. And we already know, because the, the, a few weeks ago it was revealed that Elliott Hedge Fund, and I think there are a few others out there, are also willing to lend people money they're willing to lend the glazers money if they choose to hold on and want to refinance the debt and want to build old Trafford again or if they want to lend money to radcliffe so that's that i think is actually a more important part of the due diligence process because those guys hedge funds and private equity funds who lend money do actually have more questions they need answering because they have investment committees they have to go back to they might only meet every two three weeks so even that actually can take place pretty fast but I've got more time for that as this idea of, oh no, now we need to go into a completely different phase. And this is like unprecedented stuff for, you know, no, it's not unprecedented at all. These people are all advised by massive banks who literally do this for a living. So I think you've got Range trying to keep that third share open for as long as they can. And you've got some of these debt guys who might have some questions they want answered from uh, Manchester United. And that might affect. The, the rate they they lend at now that's actually quite interesting because I think Radcliffe has already made pretty clear that he wants to borrow some money to do this if two or three funds want to get into a competition for this business they might start competing with each other on interest and he might go brilliant this is wonderful for me this pause is wonderful uh if people want my business they want me to borrow from them and they want they were offering 15 percent a month ago. Uh, now they've looked at the books maybe they can offer 13, 14 yeah
1: great great. Uh, it's all very interesting Uh, and so the Qataris are cash buyers as well as you mentioned this is a weird cross between the Irish property market at its most neurotic (coughs) where you know just keep buying it doesn't matter the price will only go up nothing bad will ever happen and succession and Logan Roy screaming (laughs) get me another bidder I want 6 billion no no blanking way, am I going for 4.5? So uh, I'm sure a lot of tension there. Uh, Sheikh Jasm is, you writing your piece in The Athletic, in the box seat, he's around 4.5 billion. He is willing to buy the entire club in cash, including the 31% of the company not owned by the Glazers, whereas Ratcliffe is proposing just to buy the Glazers shares, uh, but in doing so, he would give 4.3 billion. Uh, so in that.
0: Uh, sense. Well, well, uh, no, oh, see okay. this 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 is important. This is important, right? So I think a lot of people have got confused by this. And and it's largely because the media haven't explained it very well. So when these numbers are bandied around, they that is their valuations of the club. Right? So, uh, so not
1: necessarily their bid.
0: Yeah, it's not necessarily the amount I'm going to give you. Oh. So even the Qataris are sort of saying, well, no, we think we think Man United is a four point five percent. Well, they, they, you know, it could be a tiny bit more, but let's call it 4.5, for argument's sake, mm. billion pound business. And actually, there's another bit to that. They're almost certainly talking about what is known as enterprise value. That is how people do this in, in M&As. So that is the price of your shares, your equity, plus your net debt. So you add the net debt, and that's pretty significant at United. It's about 650, let's call it you know 700 million or so. So, so almost if you want to be kind of intuitive about it, you almost knock that off. Okay. Right? So the 4.5 includes 700 million of, of debt. That is what they value the company at. Now, that's pretty simple if you're thinking about Qataris because the Qataris is going to buy the lot and they want to kind of wipe the debt as well. So they really are talking in terms of 4.5 billion. Radcliffe's a bit different. He's valuing the, the company at 4.3, but he's actually only proposing to buy 69% of it the Glazers' shares. Yes. So he is actually, if you like, ponying up less money.
1: Yes, okay, interesting. Uh, Bayern Munich, as you were explaining that, have scored what will probably be a decisive goal. PSG, another one of those years in Europe. They're 2-0 down on aggregate, 1 on yeah. the night. So how committed are the Glazers to, we want that 6 billion, we will not budge? Well, I wonder if that's another part of this due diligence process, where... There's a sort
0: of kind of reassessment of their expectations. So they've had people in their ear, including Rain, saying, do not sell for anything less than $6 billion, about 10x, like I said. And they originally were thinking, oh, maybe a bit more than that, 6 to $8 billion, which is ludicrous. No one no one believed that for a minute. Yeah. I think as this process has gone on, there's almost a sort of... Uh, I don't know if it's just wishful thinking, but I'm hearing increasingly that their new number is about five.
1: Well, well, I would, I would, a... I would have thought being the most detested owners in world football would knock a billion off your ideal price. But uh, I mean, uh, they don't care. The most thick skill, they don't care. So at, at the <laughs> I, Carabao Cup, as, as thousands of fans are screaming, we're happy, but you guys, we still hate you so much. Uh, in person, they're like whatever.
0: I was there, right, and I wasn't. That, I, was, I wasn't sat that far away from uh, from Avram Glazer. Uh, he looked like he was having a wonderful time. <laughs> okay. um, the the, the glazers are out stuff got louder and louder and louder. Yeah. And as they were getting their medals, uh, and you know, everyone was very much in the picture there. He sort of sat in front of, uh, of Fergie and David Gill. Someone managed to get a glazer out banner right underneath him. So even if he's this sort of blissfully chilled out, you know, guy from Florida who just oh, I don't know what they're chanting, <laughs> there, was a, there was a there was a banner right underneath him that he could not have missed. Hmm. So, this guy—you know—this guy's. Uh, I don't know. He's billionaires are different, right? He's sure. not that bothered.
1: Yeah, he's not giving up a billion just because he's not popular. To be fair, so they're 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 coming down to five. That's interesting. Is uh, your sense is, is your sense that this will be done, and and if so, is it going to go the way of Qatar? Because without doing. And it's, you know, that, like, what's that book, Thinking Slow, Thinking Fast? Or oh, something? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. So in, in the part of our brain that just computes a whole bunch very, very quickly, yeah, yeah. most of us who do not look at spreadsheets at all uh, saw Glazers want to sell, Qatari's interest, done. Don't need to hear any more. We know which way this is going to go. Is, 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 after all your uh, expertise applied, is our quick no. thought on it maybe the truth? Yeah, no. Right. Um, well, that was very much the reporting thing uh, over here as well uh, and certainly th- that was
0: the mood on Twitter you know it was done and dusted they'd be in by March yeah. well here we are apparently in phase 2 and people are talking about phase 3 and phase 4 as well look uh, there's a few things to say there one it was never going to happen in March mm. people don't like buying football clubs in March because it's the worst time to buy a football club so is April they have no cash you wait till May when the season ticket money starts to come in they're kind of cash businesses that gives you plenty of time to get in before the transfer window you also kind of know where you are where you're playing next season okay you know, Champions League, blah, blah, blah. So, that, so like, May, I think, was always the sort of realistic time to do this. uh if you'd have asked me uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I was leading Qatar because, look, they, they made it really clear they wanted it. Uh, I wasn't sure back in December that they would, but as soon as they went, yep, yeah, and they came out with this, like, you, know, you know, cute way of creating separation from PSG, um, I thought, right, well, that'll probably get past UEFA, so that's going to clear that regulatory hurdle. Yeah, all right. They, they they will they will probably get it. And they've been quite disciplined with their bid. I think they are very keen not to be seen as like pushovers anymore. Yeah, yeah, we'll just pay. We'll just pay whatever it is. Because I think they know that the next time they buy a hotel or invest in another business, they need to sort of stop that. They need yeah. to stop this Western perception they're always going to say yes. I I had my the odds on the Glazers holding on have been growing for me. Right. They've been growing. The fact he came to the Carabo Cup final, the fact that you know they didn't get the bids they wanted they didn't get the kind of the, the competitive tension in the auction um you know Radcliffe is a, is a sort of canny guy he's not going to be bounced into anything and it looks like the Qatari's don't want to be bounced into anything either i just thought they might hold on they might go nah. let's 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 ride Ten Hag for a bit let's see where this goes and mm-hmm. you know, we'll do it again in 3 4 years time maybe maybe we maybe the maybe Todd Bowley's right you know and then we'll sell it for 7 8 billion so i think I wouldn't want to put a pound on it, but the odds of them on them holding have
1: gone up. A lot of happy Manchester United fans to hear that, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> um, what would the ramifications be for the market either way? Say it's sold for five billion, what does that do to John Henry's thinking? Or say it's oh. not sold, what does that do to John Henry's thinking or beyond?
0: Right if it's still for 5 billion I think that is quite a significant moment again because it's that sort of shifting up of how you value Premier League clubs so that would be 8x so that is kind of bottom end of what NFL franchises go for so okay. that is that is global sport saying the most valuable franchises you can buy are NFL teams which hardly ever change you know change hands and really big Premier League ones that's it. That's it. Those those are your t- the most valuable assets in global
1: sport. No, nothing else gets I, to eight times revenue. No way. No okay. way.
0: Not even. Not. I mean, maybe maybe the New York Yankees. Maybe okay. you know the LA Dodgers. Maybe the very best the Golden State Warriors. The very best baseball teams. The very best basketball teams. The rest of them, no. Yeah. You know, five, six, seven, four, whatever. And and for the rest of global foot, you know, the rest of football, two. You know, Newcastle went for two times. Mm that's you know that, that deal starting to look better and better mm. um, so I think that, that would be significant it would be significant and then of course you've got all the kind of geopolitical stuff as well you know you've got Qatar in the Premier League well assuming no, sorry, I'm making a big assumption there that Qatar gets it but if it goes for 5 billion I think the most important thing would be this sort of setting of a new price level
1: for the big boys mm. and at a certain point are we running out of petro states here well, yeah, because I
0: think um, you know. All right, you know, Dubai has often been talked about. Dubai hasn't got the money for this. They got bailed out by Abu Dhabi a few years ago, and there just there just isn't a single sort of rich enough fund sort of person to sort of do this. There's some kind of some politics there in the UAE about going up against Abu Dhabi as well. Kuwait, similar. Kuwait's really, really, and and uh, Bahrain. Bahrain's been doing some interesting stuff in in motorsport. Again, I think the Saudis bailed them out. Um, so, no, I think we have probably run out of petrostates. states. I, I guess what could happen is there are genuinely wealthy individual people in Saudi Arabia. So, we could have more Saudi billionaires do this. Yeah. Um, um, though, of course, you're always going to have problems proving separation in a place that is that is so dominated by the state. Yes. Um but yes, I think there are more rich people in Saudi Arabia that could
1: buy football clubs. Okay. And a, and a last thought, uh again back to Irish property market level I suppose. Oh, yes. uh, for for quite some years people have said that well, this bubble is going to burst eventually and uh, clearly a lot of very smart people are looking at it and saying no, this this genuinely will just keep going up and up and up and up. And up, and up. What What's your sense? Are are there many out there that you speak to in your reporting, uh, predicting any kind of doom for top level football anytime soon?
0: No, no, not yet. Um, I mean, there's still there's still an awful lot of interest, particularly from like big private equity money. So, so institutional money. Yeah. They 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 want stakes. So they, they they're more thinking minority stakes. They're really interested in like buying into leagues, buying up um, buying up percentages of, um, of of future media rights. So the, the people are still willing to bet on football, and willing, the reason they're willing to bet on football is it is by by far the world's most popular sport. And I often hear this: uh, it's the world's most popular sport, despite not being the number one sport in the three biggest markets: so North America, China, and, and, and India to come. Right. So that's pretty. That's if you think about that, that's pretty mm. Mm. it's pretty
1: interesting.
0: But it's it's got this sort of absolute dominance over the global conversation. Has you know so many fans. But it still has room to grow, and it's growing fast in at least two of those three markets. So, you know, it's growing it's growing pretty well in India. Uh, it, it's, it's doing okay in China. China's going a bit, for, obviously, through a funny moment in terms of its economy, but it's growing really fast in North America, and they've got the World Cup to come. So there is, I think, optimism around the upside of football. And if you've, if you've got yourself, if you've talked yourself into that position, well, then it's actually a really easy leap to go, well, where would I be? well, I'll be in the most popular league then, won't I? Because the that, and that's, you know, patently clear, just on eyeballs and how much money they're earning from international rights. Well, I need to be in the Premier League then. Yeah. So that is why I think valuations in the Premier League are probably okay for a while. At some point, though, they've got to stop losing money. So, you know. Yeah.
1: All very interesting. We'll see how it plays out. Can I throw you one last unconnected question just very briefly yeah. and by all means, plead the fifth, if you're not too sure. Uh, people, I think, will be vaguely aware of this court case between Live Golf and the PGA oh, Tour. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, the, effectively, the owners of Newcastle are also the owners of Live Golf, and uh, they have said, well, you know, we can't come into the courtroom and give evidence because we're, we're Saudi Arabia. You know, we're a state. Yeah. We're, we're the royal family. We are, we, Saudi mm. Arabia's not going in and doing your court case. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the same token, they have assured the Premier League... the exact same people their argument is we are separate from the state we are not Saudi Arabia that is we are completely different so one of those two things can't be true I know incredibly embarrassing for the Premier League will anything come of this? I don't know I mean you're absolutely right it's incredibly embarrassing for the Premier League and uh,
0: other Premier League clubs have pointed this out (laughs) Yeah quietly. Uh, hold on a minute. I thought you got written assurances. <laughs> yeah.
1: Legally binding. Legally binding. Yeah, sorry,
0: legally binding assurances. That, that, you know, enabled you... Because the whole point, of course, was that should the Saudi state, effectively, so maybe the Crown Prince, take the owners and directors test? Now, that would have been quite hard for not the reason that probably many of your listeners and viewers are thinking, oh, wait, because Jamal Koji. Well, that would have been a bit tricky as well, but more because they'd spent Three four years pirating be in, um, you know, digital piracy. They've been stealing Premier League's intellectual property mm. as part of that Saudi versus Qatar diplomatic um, yeah. contretemps. Now that then miraculously ended or ended. They made you know, they know they they made up and suddenly that problem goes away. But if you go through if you take that to its sort of logical extension, well hold on a minute. So the public investment fund right is now. Uh, the Sovereign Wealth Fund. Yeah, we kind of knew that. Oh, and they've got like seven or eight ministers on the board, and including the chair of it is Mohammed, you know, Bin Salman, the Crown Prince. And um, they've just been to an American court, almost trying to claim diplomatic immunity. Yeah. And no, well, no. But apparently, um, Al Ramayan who runs the PIF and is a director, I think he's, a, I think he might actually be the president of Newcastle. I can't remember now. Maybe the chairman of Newcastle was almost saying, "I can't possibly, I can't possibly testify. I can't, you can't depose me." Because I'm a minister. Yeah. I'm effective. I have the same status as a minister in Saudi Arabia. So you can't do that. Well, well maybe you can. And maybe maybe you lot should take the Energy directors test. And I think that then puts Saudi Arabia in a really difficult spot. Mm-hmm. Now, are the Premier League? Are the Premier League I don't know. How brave are they? Are they because bear in mind how much pressure they were placed under by the British government. Yes during the entire hold-up over the takeover. You know, yeah, yeah, I know you've got your rule book. Yeah, yeah, I know they're stealing your intellectual property, and I know they shouldn't do the digital piracy. I know that was very naughty of them. But by the way, we need to be really, friends, really friendly with Saudi Arabia because we've just left the EU and, you know, global Britain and blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah, so that's where we're at. Yeah, we are a long way from Jack Walker, that's for sure. Um, I know, I know, yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. That was uh, amazingly interesting. Really appreciate it. Alright, you're welcome Cheers, Matt Slater You should read Matt's piece It's in the Athletic and it teases out all the details of what's going on behind the scenes and it's uh, very worthwhile so you'll find it in the Athletic Uh, As I mentioned during the chat with Matt Bayern have scored what probably will be the decisive goal of the tie They are 1-0 up on the night in Munich 2-0 up on aggregate As for Spurs let me see Flicking on here still nil all on the night Uh, They've just blazed a shot over so they're 1-0 down 64 minutes on the clock there they have a bit more time Hoiberg has just blasted a shot over and is trying to get the crowd going and they're responding they were booed at half time Spurs if you're just tuning in I mentioned they were a little bit tepid in the first half to say the least pedestrian Uh, they have upped it based on the 10 seconds I've just seen now but uh, still nil all crucially so 1-0 down on aggregate the uh, football show is with thanks to Sky You can watch all the biggest live Premier League games every weekend on Sky Sports. Back in one moment. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky, proud partner and supporter of the Republic of Ireland women's national football team. This
0: is News Talk.